This is a recap episode of Umoya on African spirituality. The whole concept of the show is about reigniting and understanding African spirituality in the 21st century. We seek to walk this journey with young and elderly people alike where we become a nexus whereby Singabandu we can inquire together. We've identified people from different fields to talk about how spirituality feeds into their daily lives, be they musicians, healers, teachers, scientists, artists, and activists. In this excerpt from our episode on national healing, poet laureate, philosopher, and author Ndate Mongane Serote talks about how when he was first recruited into the ANC, he didn't believe in nor understand the notion of non-racialism, but offers insights on how he came to learn its deep foundations while living in exile. How do you put the word South Africa and healing next to each other? How do you begin to, to have that conversation in this immediate period and again, this question of this magnanimity, what's the rationale behind it? For somebody who doesn't understand that we should be magnanimous and we should be, have this Ubuntu driving us, what, what's the rationale behind including people who don't want to be included and throwing a party and keeping, keep inviting people and they don't show up to that party? And in fact, why don't you focus on the crime statistics and, and fix the, the potholes? rather than do projects like renaming streets and, and making symbols like, like Freedom Park. How do you, what, what's, what do you, how do you, what do you say to that? You know, up to now, before you answered, you asked that question, we said nothing political. Mm. Uh, my beginning of answering you, I'll say this. Besides my grandmother, the only place where I feel I was thoroughly educated is the ANC. No other. Could be, I mean, there are universities that are what? No. I was not educated there. When, when, when I was recruited, I was recruited into the ANC by a very beautiful woman, Joyce Sikakan, who I loved. I thought I was Aww. going to... I was, yeah, must. Yeah, I, was, I thought I was going to get married, but to her, but she didn't think I'm married. I'm a marriage material, township boy, rough edges, you know. She's a writer, <laughs> yeah. But she recruited me into the ANC. And I remember the first time when, uh, after she said to me, create your underground structure. And I selected my people. And they came, and the first thing that they started talking about was non-racialism. I said, don't talk shit, you know. Non-racialism. How do you, this is, and you know, it was my experience. I, just, I said to her, how do you, how do you non-racial an Africana ticket examiner in a train? Because those were racist, you see. Mm. And I saw how they treated my great-grandmother, like piece of rubbish. You want me to talk? I used to fight in these meetings about I don't want to be non-racial. I want to kill all the white people, that's all. You know, even now, I would die for non-racialism. 
I will die for noodles. I lived 18 years in exile, absolutely certain that this is the right decision, which I still take as a right decision now. And you've heard how I spoke about magnanimity and where I think it comes from. So it's a deep foundation for me, you know, uh, very deep. If, if people say, the last thing that I have, which is my life, I'm prepared to extinguish it for this, it's a very serious matter. A very, very serious matter. Especially if, as we were saying this, the racists were hunting us down. Mm. And they would put us down if they found us. Precisely because we believed in non-racialism. They would put us down. And nobody can take that from me anymore. It's over. Why? Because I understand also what my, what my grandmother was saying. I mean, I've described her. She was a poor woman. Hmm? very poor, working very hard, very hard. For what? I must educate my children and free them. And that's the thing that she wanted to give me. You are my husband. Here's what I'm giving you. And then I get into politics. I can't see the relationship. But because I listened to the elders of the ANC when they described it, I thought, oh my God. I didn't link it then to what magnanimity of my grandmother, but I realized that it is such deep, serious thought that it can't be, it can't be opposed by anything else. You know, the fact that people must live together. Otherwise, if we don't live together, well, what will happen? What will happen if we don't live together? Because the other side was saying, we're not going to live together. And we saw what happened because of that. So what, what should we affiliate to? And I mean, we discussed it. I never discussed it in this hard political way. But I know I am influenced by the politics of the ANC in what I do. They're part and parcel of, my, of me. There's no other place where I could have been educated except there. I went into university and I said that, I thought, hey, no man, please man. Even now when I go to university, I still say the same thing. Mm. I, I felt very close to the young people when they said, hashtag roads must fall. Mm. I wish we could have sat down and really opened it up and talked about it and understood what, what it meant, because the instinct was correct, mm. you know? How, after that, they interpret it is a different matter, but the instinct was very, very correct, because it is a magnanimous instinct that they had. We can't, what we're saying here, we can't be educated as anything else but Africans, and then we'll understand the world, we'll interact with the world. That's what they were saying, mm. you see? And it's correct, it's correct. But we should also understand that part of that is this non-racialism. Mm. Part of that is this non-sexism that we talk about. Part of that is this democracy that we talk about. What is it? Mm. Let's demystify that now. And I always say my duty is to make those three things walk the streets, walk in the squatter areas, 
jive there, you know. And if there's anything that my writing must achieve is that. Let this non-racialism, non-sexism, this democracy go and dance in the squatter areas and emancipate those people, you know, and dance in the suburbs hmm? and emancipate those people. If there's anything that I must live for, it is that. And it was also something that uh, if I had to die for it, I'd have died for it. Mm. Uh. So, us, the three of us and the, the other gentlemen who are here, we're creative people. The duty that we have is, how do we take these hardcore concepts, break them, so that they can be part and parcel of everyday conversation? To listen to the longer original episode of this conversation, visit kayafm.co.za forward slash Umoya. Umoya on African Spirituality is a Kaya FM podcast created and produced by Milisu Tando Pongela and Atambile Masola. Our team includes editors Pamandla Yende, Keiji Shabangu, executive producer Ngabagazi Manzi, and project manager Ridume Tempole. Our theme song is Tuli Mama by Tabang Dabane. Get in touch with us on umoya at kayafm.co.za for any questions, comments, or queries. Otherwise, follow Kaya FM on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. Where mama, where mama, where mama, where mama, where mama.